Welcome to It Sounded Like a Good Idea at the Time, the podcast where we get in the trenches to talk about whatever is affecting us. Uh, we're not experts. Sometimes we have experts on, but I'm here with my favorite non-expert, Woo-hoo! Hannah Primaratna, and I'm um, Caroline. And I'm Hannah. Yeah, so <laughs> yep, really, really botched that, I realized, halfway through, but it's all different now because you don't go here anymore. But right. welcome. I'm a visitor. I'm a visitor. I know. You're a VIP. Thank you. That feels good. It does feel forced. Like you definitely wouldn't say that if you weren't recording right now. So I thought of some uh, little anecdotes because, you know, we got some messages over the summer like, are you guys okay?" And so I thought like just in case we get any more of those again, I just wanted to assure people (laughs) that last week I was rushing off somewhere and sent you some voice messages just kind of detailing my stress to you. And you responded (laughs) These are the most useless texts I've ever received. <laughs> okay, well, it was like, let me, to be fair, I'm busy. Okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's the start. We're all busy. Secondly, We're all busy. you sent me like seven in a row, none longer than like 27 seconds each. Mm-hmm. So I immediately assume that you are dying or having a seizure, and this is like all you can get out from your <laughs> life alert, basically. <laughs> And then I listen and it's not even like, listen, I'll consider anything that you're going through a crisis if you need me to. Except Thank you. My door was open and I was driving. So that, that, string, that string of voice messages was literally just like a dear diary. And it, it was. was just a lot for I me. I needed a diary. And then yesterday I sent you via text, just kind of a stream of consciousness. I had a few things to tell you and I had to tell you quick because I was just remembering it. And you were like, I I. This is a lot. This is a lot to to digest. Right. And nothing beyond that. And I gave you in the text some good baby name ideas. Here's my current thoughts. (laughs) It was just a lot. None of it was appreciated. And nearly my third trimester. You know my digestion has slowed down. You know that happens in pregnancy. So I'm still (laughs) I'm still metabolizing everything you sent to me. Right. Well, I just wanted to make sure people know that that's where we're at. And yeah. our friendship is going great. It's going <laughs> I'm, fine, everyone. I'm feeling as valued as ever. <laughs> and we never we never did kick off that segment, why are we fighting this week? But there's always a reason. It kind of feels like it comes in naturally. So <laughs> it does. But, you know, you did when you left us um, say that it would be great to come back on for favorite things episodes. And I have not taken you up on that yeah, yet. And for, I... for a while. For a little while. <laughs> well, and, I've had... I've, and I've, listeners, I've asked. <laughs> well, I, here's my guess. And don't tell, well, tell me so that everyone else can hear what kind of supportive friend that you are. Sure. I would venture to guess that you've not listened to a single episode of the podcast since you were on it. I have listened to clips. <laughs> Okay. And I have it in my queue, but I've been very busy. So let me actually rephrase that. Have you ever listened to an episode of this podcast? <laughs> During editing, I have listened through episodes yes. of the podcast. So, so about a year it's been since you have listened <laughs> to this together. That's good because I have had some real celebrity guests that have been really dynamite joining me. I know. Me. And I am dying to listen still. Sure. Don't pander to me. I don't need that. <laughs> But the thing is, I'm obviously going to pick someone more famous than my best friend every single time. So (laughs) that's like just not even a question. So when like, uh, I don't know, a Caro Chambers ever heard of her is like, hey, I'll be on the podcast. I'm like, great. Hannah, here's my new favorite thing. Not recording with you this week. <laughs> right off. Yeah, not this. So here we are. We're in the doldrums right before Labor Day. And sure. I thought, 
I don't have anybody. (laughs) Got nothing. (laughs) Got literally nothing. What can I pull out of my garbage disposal (laughs) to put on this podcast? And I thought, you know, Hannah might be. Yes, and you are welcome because here I am to save the day. And I, but you got real high maintenance about it because I thought that when I said, "Hey, you want to record his favorite things back to school?" Mm -hmm. you'd be like, "Yeah," and you were like. Yeah, but here's all the times that I can't do it. And last week, last week was the only time I couldn't do it. So, so last night you were tired. So uh, yeah, you said you weren't doing it <laughs> anyway. I refuse. I refuse to take the blame for that. Oh man! But, but let's listen, just listen. Say, you cater to the guests. You cater to the guests. I'm doing you a favor. And again, I have famous guests now who are much easier to work around <laughs> than you are. So that's <laughs> uh, all on track, honestly. I know. I like have your email writer pulled up with everything I need to. Pull provide you during this recording (laughs) exactly oh man well it's been a time uh before we started recording i was just detailing how good of a person i feel because i've been volunteering yes and um there is just no better way to feel better than everyone else than volunteer work let me let me say that since you have stopped reporting recording the podcast you have become a good person in the way that no one likes and i (laughs) am still trying to figure out what to do with that because like suddenly you're involved with making your kids lunches suddenly you're like a volunteer but the thing is it's not just like oh i freed up this time for myself it's hey everyone did you know i do this stuff now in a way that is real off-putting well if no one is going to recognize it what is the point like if there's gonna be recognition at all yeah why are we why are we doing this i've had to order you two different uh bento box sets because uh, i refuse to get primed yeah right exactly you i only got it because you used to have it and it pressured me into it and then you you canceled (laughs) it so it was the sucker gotcha jeff yeah that's right he went to space i got prime you didn't i don't know i don't know the winner here i come on top in all (laughs) Yeah. All of it. Now you're like cutting out little stuff for your kids' lunch boxes, and you're well, on the PTA. Well, I will say I do have high hopes for Maya's preschools because Milan doesn't care about anything, and he'd rather just um, buy lunch every day. And sure. our our meals, like the kids' meals this year, are still free provided by like a grant or something yes, yes federal grant so i'm like uh, fine, yeah. <laughs> so they're free and. Uh, why why would I then pay extra? <laughs> right. And so then instead you just volunteer right. so everyone knows your name yep. since yes. you're not going to achieve that. And then Maya, who is a very um, sl- methodical eater, yeah. I would say, this mm, yeah. may be, do you think that this will incentivize her to do anything different than she does anyway? Um, no, no but I think she will like me better. <laughs> okay. Well, that's a win. That's good. I just want her to eat any food at school like (laughs) she's just like a bird and i'm just constantly getting reports about how she doesn't eat and i'm like i mean if she's hungry she'll eat but at the same time like she should have some energy which she does i don't know i'm just like i I need her to eat some food here's the part i'm not trying to bash your teachers at the schools i don't go to but i (laughs) do think it's an interesting battle to pick because she does she isn't showing any side effects of not eating and you know that i am very much not a force your kid to eat person like if they are done with dinner having not touched it i'm like okay because i do feel like kids are going to eat when they're hungry yeah 
and yep. Maya just would rather not. She would rather not. Yeah, she's like a bird. She eats like a bird, like little nibbles kind of all day. She grazes. Yeah. And she Which has an endless energy. For school. I do understand. That's right. But, you know, school, and but... maybe for elementary school, we'll worry more about that. But she's only there for four hours. So, yeah, uh, true. Like, worst case scenario, she's not eating for four hours. She eats right before and right after. So yeah, she'll probably she'll make, make up for it. it. Um, but I am hoping to get a little bit more excitement because Milan is very much into meals. He really likes to watch Buddy Oliver's YouTube. Here's a favorite oh, thing. Oh, okay. Uh, I didn't know that you had allowed your children access to YouTube. That's oh, a new well, thing I that don't, I don't know about you. Hassan pulls it up for him and shows him. Okay, and they watch okay. videos together at bedtime. I, as a responsible parent, do not allow access to youtube <laughs> okay we do lots of youtube here so that everyone does but me i forget it's a thing is why there's so much it good is stuff. funny that of the lines you draw which i would say i'm a better parent in a lot of my criteria for my kids right you you die on this one <laughs> there we all know my hills make the most know. um but i'm just kidding also by the way i don't think i'm a better parent most of the you time you don't have to do that okay <laughs> no okay, no one here listeners on. listeners <laughs> listeners um but yeah he, he's he's really into those um youtube channels and like food prep and cooking and stuff like that so i thought it'd be fun uh haven't gotten a lot of use out of it yet sure <laughs> well, you know, started um, yet, so. on netflix mm-hmm. you have heard of netflix i know um there is a That's show I, I believe in <laughs> yes 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 uh christina tozy of milk bar she hosts a show now on netflix called bake squad Ooh. and surprisingly Nora Beth who hasn't really shown interest in cooking shows loves it and it's like it's a cooking show but it isn't really a competition which I think is why she likes it because she one time watched like an episode of Top Chef with me and was like heartbroken that somebody got sent home and hasn't been able to watch like competition shows since then um we had that happen with us too with the competition show yeah yeah, like she couldn't handle it yeah and this time it's like a group of bakers and they're given a challenge each week and then they just do the challenge and that's like, that's it. Um, and they get like, not judged even, they get praised basically. It's a very good feel good show. No oh, one cute. gets in home. Everyone does a great job. There's no tension, um, but she likes it very, very much. And oh, so well, that's good to know. she the other day was like, can I make us breakfast? And did. She did a great job. Good for her. That's so yeah. cool. Yeah. So anyway, that's um, Bake Squad. If you're yeah. looking for like a feel good. And it's it's adults or kids that compete? It's adults that compete, but oh. she really liked it. Well, you know, I like that because I do feel like adult versions of competition shows are always like kill or be killed. Yes. <laughs> and it's like, I this is my only chance to make it. And then you they lose and you're like, well everything's going downhill for that person now but then the kids ones are pretty good at being like feel good and i'm like but the kids ones like top chef junior no not top chef master chef is what i'm mm -hmm. talking about yes yes yes. the at-home baker so she or cooks she watched one of those like an adult version and the girl she really liked and you always know who's going to be sent home because they're featured heavily on that episode so it was the girl who's featured heavily and she was like i love her and i was like don't don't get attached get attached um but the kids ones the kids are like to me too precocious for my liking and the things that they're doing i think right. might be off-putting for kids to watch their peers do like because it's so high stress and they're like crying and things aren't working out for them and it's not ever like a and then they triumph it's like and now you're going home <laughs> <laughs> but i think it's just too tenuous for it's for my little, kids. it's a little dose of reality honestly it is, it this is. is what life is like children right um but 
I yeah, I'm I'm happy to see that there's like a, a show out there that's it's almost just for like, fun. It's almost like Netflix version of Great British Baking Show, but oh. without the British charm. And so on, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's bastardized, is what I'm right. saying. But like, because you know, Great British Baking Show, I really like because they don't win anything. Right, they just it's over, and that's how this one was. Like, I watched the last episode with her, and I was like, oh, they don't win anything. Oh, why are or we do doing they this? go home? Like, but it was like, oh, okay, this is just a good show where they bake and do a good job so right it's a good one yeah well that's cool um i been doing a lot of reading this summer Mm -hmm. um more than watching tv i have a couple shows to talk about but i have flown through books this summer and i have a little something for everyone wow wow that's a what a what a claim okay so let me hit uh, okay so here's a book for my sci-fi sci-fi lovers but leans a little more towards it's it was yes new adult but maybe a bit more mature Mm, not mature it's 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 definitely new adult but like sci-fi fantasy kind of um not sci-fi fantasy new adult so wow Wow, what a journey to get yeah this was a journey like i was in a wormhole just yes well you're welcome um black sun which is a new series from rebecca roanhorse uh who's an indigenous author it's like a take on i think a lot of indigenous um stories like myths and that kind of thing um and i believe there's i believe there's a little bit of controversy over like some indigenous people feel like some of those stories are not like you know just kind of like who has the right to tell the stories she oh, is right. an, is an indigenous author um and this book features those i'm assuming myths that she grew up with i would have to do a little more research okay the book is very good it's called black sun and then i believe the next one comes out then book two comes out in the spring and is it a series or is it just kind of like an anthology it will be a series yes it It is it is a series this is book one and the next one is like a sequel or just like right yes, yes book two is a sequel good question and it's just very it's just not what you would expect and i really like that so that's my first recommendation okay rebecca roanhorse black sun got Check it. it out do you want to do back and forth oh yeah sure we can do that you would just come like fully loaded with something for everyone but i, I, didn't I am know. loaded i'm loaded i've got i've got i got stuff <laughs> okay. well i am in the middle of reading a book by an author named lucinda berry have you ever heard of her have you I'm, talked to me about her that sounds familiar i have no idea but i'm hesitant now to make any sweeping like recommendations in case that they end up like Minka Kent and only write for Kindle Unlimited and I look like a fool. Right. Because that happened. I read this summer, I read, I don't know, like 10 Kirsten Modulin books. Also felt great about those. They were thrillers, very formulaic, very good. And I realized the exact same thing. Cause I'm like, how is, how are there so many books by this person? And one, I think that Amazon has trained bots to write thrillers for me, and that's fine. Sure. But they, I think that she is also just like an Amazon exclusive writer. But Lucinda Berry, I think, is real. Not okay, that those, yes. Not I'm, that they are not. I'm looking her up, and she is, um, like, you can get stuff at, like, Barnes at the and library. Noble and okay. stuff like that. Yes. That's so. what I wanted to be sure, that these and are not just exclusive. Yes, and it's B-E-R-R-Y. I looked up yes. B-A first, just in oh, case yes, anyone no, is Berry, Berry, such as the fruit. Um, and I am reading a book 
called The Best of Friends. Um, and I've read one of hers before and I don't know which one, but I was familiar with her and liked her. Is um, it When She Returned? Yes. Yes. Okay. Was, I think that, that I think you've probably talked about that book before. Oh, yeah. That's about a woman who leaves a cult. She oh, comes back. Love that. And they're trying to like deprogram her and it's twisty, but okay. it's great. I'm adding um, that to my list. Yeah, it is. Stay with it. It is, it is twisty to a degree you don't expect. Oh. Um, so this one is about it, trigger warning. It is about um, gun violence in teenagers. Okay. So there's that. But it's the story of three moms who live in the same neighborhood. So like you, me and Lauren, um, who have kids who grew up together at a sleepover one night. There is a tragedy with a gun um, and it kind of it tell each chapter is one of the moms as they're dealing with each of the fallouts that happened to their own family and then you start to kind of see you know how we really liked the book the gifted school yes where you're yes, like yes, yes i am this person i would be this person you kind of start to see like the fractures that have always been in their friendships that you Ooh. realize probably exist in every friendship but you just right. choose to overlook them until something happens that you can't overlook it anymore. You know oh, what I mean? Yes. Um, okay. I'm adding this one to so my So the way that she writes. Yeah. But I mean, huge trigger warning about the gun violence because that is the whole basis of the book. But um, her character development is great where you're like, I don't dislike any of these people. Right. But There's I also no, understand like, the flaw in all of these. Yes. 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 Yep. I love books like that. Oh, I'm yeah, excited. I think that you really <laughs> like it. Yeah. I'm so excited to read about this gun violence. I'm very um, excited to read about gun tragedies. <laughs> yes, this is if you love gun tragedy, right. do I have the recommendation for you? Okay. All right, my turn. Yeah. Okay. So this one is sci-fi for sure, okay. adult okay. sci-fi. Uh The Space Between Worlds by Micaiah Johnson. It's M I C A I A H, which is why I'm unsure on the pronunciation. Okay. It is a standalone novel and it is so good it's okay if you're into sci-fi i love it it's and it's also like very much like a social commentary in the same way mm -hmm. that it's like completely not our like reality um just about like where you come from and where you're doing and um the premise is the main character is someone who can uh, basically walk between worlds they've found technology to allow us to explore the multiverse and basically what she does is just goes between worlds so like the same earth earth yep, yep, 62 yep. earth 500 and collects data but the catch is they found out that you can only walk between these worlds if you don't already exist if you're not alive on the other planets Ooh. so they can only use people to do this job who are like low income, um, basically like people who would probably already be dead in the right, other planets. Right, so right. like they could not, they found out they couldn't be sending like scientists and doctors and like people who have a lot of money and who have a lot of opportunity Ooh, because interesting. they, right. Cause they haven't, um, they're, they have not been put in a position where they probably died. It's like, here's the reward of the caste system. Exactly. You to travel. Exactly. So the book opens up with her, um, just i don't want to give anything away it's so it's just that is the premise is that she can do that and then they're getting they're kind of getting ready to um automate that so like she's traveling through worlds just to collect data on what all mm -hmm. is going on um and then she's finding out like her job is that like they soon will be able to just they won't need her anymore Got it. and um she it's so 
there's a lot of twists and really good twists too so do you um, know what that makes me think of <laughs> which is that? not at all do you remember that justin timberlake movie where everyone yes. has like the time on their clock yes. and they have to like go buy more time yes is it it's not Leaper. There's one called no, Leaper. Leaper like, was with like Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Ah, uh, yes, 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 and Emily Blunt. That's right. No, this yes. is that time one where like you're they're like dealing minutes. Yeah, and, and like stuff. Olivia Munn was his mother or something. Like, or Olivia, <laughs> Olivia, <laughs> yeah, not Olivia Munn. Olivia Wilde. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, okay, now I have to figure out what this movie is was. Out of time. It's it's got time and then it like timeless or that sounds like a Bruce Willis movie. It does. Is he in the, No, he's in the other one too, he's right? He's in Leaper, I think. Leaper or Looper? Mm, Looper. I think maybe. that one is called Looper. Justin Timberlake is <laughs> in time. <laughs> in time. Yes. Okay. And I'm sure that it has no comparison to your book, but that's just what it made me think of. Yes. Of like, I, there's, a, the way, there's some timeline. The that it is like a class... Um, a little bit of like a class conversation yeah. that is that is still that is still the same thing and it this also seems like it has, could be part of like the black mirror series true yes it does this one i'm just looking at the cast of the movie and it's like all white people mostly so not <laughs> <I'm> quite, sure. <laughs> quite the same um the book is by a black author i think it was her first book and um so anyway good book That's if great. you're into sci-fi check it out um, I just finished reading. How many do I have to recommend? Okay. I'll just mention real fast. I'm not going to dwell on it, but okay. we've talked about the author, Emily Giffen before yes. and how she's very problematic. Um, and you said that you would never read one of her books. And I was like, another one of her books. And I was like, yeah, me neither. And then I did. Um, <laughs> her newest one is called The Lies That Bind. And if you like Emily Giffen or if you don't like her but do like her work much like i do it's a good one i'm not what, gonna dwell on it what was the one that she wrote that we both were like not into um i've i have liked all of her books well, why didn't we like her because she I is read one, one of her books no no here's why we didn't like her because she like came out like attacking megan markle um oh, like very openly on instagram yeah. <laughs> and like no from reading her it. you know what i mean like she yes. and that's not the first time it was like out of the blue right? yes yes it's just where she's like i mean she just came out attacking her and her yes. insta stories in a way that was like this i don't know that i love right. everything about Meghan no Markle, one but for this <laughs> it, it was such a like nobody and then yeah. emily giffen right, and that's right. not the first time like she right her husband like trolls her facebook page so if there are comments that are like oh i didn't love this new book he like blasts people like with a right. profile picture like yours i wouldn't even know how to read you know like yeah, stuff like yeah, that yeah. sick burns. So again she's 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 a she's a problem i do right. like her writing so anyway if you if you also support problematic authors emily giffen the lies that bind was good right um but I read recently Jennifer Weiner's Big Summer, um, which oh, I, I she's she's got a couple other stuff that I've liked. Yeah, she I really like her as well. She's one of my like when she has a new book out, I always check it out. Um, and I'd seen it floating around probably since last year, but you know I don't like to read books when they're big, um, right? So I waited until no one was talking about it. And then I read it and I'm talking about it. And sure. it is very good. It's about a girl who is a plus size 
woman trying to be an influencer. Um, but then she gets caught up in a murder mystery, which I Ooh. didn't anticipate that angle of it. I just thought it was going to be like a real light, like chick lit, like learn how to love your body. And it is not that at all, but it's very right. Good. I read of hers, um, good in bed, which was, I guess the first of a series. And I did not oh. go on, um, with the series. I gave it three out of five stars. Okay. I haven't read that series by her, but I can't remember. Hang on. Now I'm going to look up what else she has written. Cause I've read several. Um, yeah. I think, uh, well, great. Now I've lost her in her shoes. That sounds familiar. Yep. I have read Mrs. Everything from her i think i've read in her shoes oh in her shoes was turned into a movie that's why it sounds familiar oh right 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 um she has um, a lot she actually has more than i have read um i felt like i had read most of hers but that's not true right but anyway i like her so okay anyway. um speaking of like a good summer read i've read malibu rising which oh yeah what is like, like everyone brand new me? Exactly. You'll read it next year and you'll yeah. like it. <laughs> yes. Is that um, Taylor Jenkins? Taylor read? Jenkins read my fave. Yeah. And what I liked about that is that I finally, well, Chris and I, I know you guys discussed this, finally got you to read uh, The Seven Husbands of, Seven Evelyn, Husbands Hugo. of Evelyn Hugo. Mm. This is not remotely like a follow up, but it takes place in the same like universe and it takes place in like the 80s i think or 90s okay. and in like uh, in malibu so some of the characters yeah, there's like the, overlap right? right there's overlap so it's it's more easter eggs than anything it's not like any sort of spoilers mm -hmm, really mm -hmm. um but i was really into it i really want to read that other one that she put out um because she's become like my favorite author my favorite contemporary author yes i do her writing of evelyn hugo was just gorgeous i oh, just i, I love could, it i could not handle it daisy jones in the six is what i want to read next but um also i will say about evelyn hugo is the reader because i audiobooked it oh, okay. absolutely crushed it and you know i'm so picky with audio and yeah and i don't even do audiobooks anymore because i i can't have that right. follow up on me right i the, the audiobook was so good like i just thought the mm -hmm. readers the performance was great um that's good feedback to know. Yes. Um, and then if you're into history at all, mm -hmm. okay. <laughs> I told you I've got okay. a little bit of everything. Okay. Wow. I read, I know, I read this book called The Woman Who Would Be King, Hatshepsut's Rise to Power in Ancient Egypt. Wow. <laughs> I'm, on like wow. Such, I'm on such a history kick. It actually, actually, I audiobooked that one too. And it's, this is out of the blue, but listening to it is fascinating because she is was a female pharaoh in her own right and then there wasn't a female pharaoh after her for like a very long time like oh. it just kind of goes over like her her rise to power what all went on and then like why probably like her statues have all been defaced like there's just so much in there that's just kind of like I after reading the book I look back and like wonder how it would be if like things were different like if she had had female successors you know like how power right. would be different because this was so so long ago like in in such a powerful seat so anyway if you're into history check that one out because it was very good okay that's good to know the last one that I'm gonna suggest okay I think that you might have suggested this one a long time ago and I accidentally also read it um we have talked before about Lisa Jewell and books she yes. wrote I found you 
is that the one? Well, I know what happens in it, but is this the one that you were telling me about where this woman in England looks out and there's just a man on the beach and he I doesn't remember so. anything? I think so. And they have to like piece together who he is um, and what his backstory is. And it flashes back between some family. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And their experience and flashes forward to like a woman yeah. missing her husband. Yes, yeah, she's um, a single mom. Yes, 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 yes. Um, okay, very, I read that one. Very interesting. Oh, what do you like? I, you think? I loved it. I loved it very much because yeah. I, it's like all of these stories that you think you know how they intersect and then they don't quite intersect that yes. same way. I just, I loved it. Um, and it, I have read now maybe three or four of hers and like them. She, she's is, good. She's a writer who you might, I don't know if you agree with this. She uses slow pacing to her advantage. Like, right. He's not one that like immediately you're like, I am into this story. It takes, right. she's like a slow burn, but it, it always delivers well. Yes, I agree. And not, not in a way that's like, oh, I got to keep with it. Yeah. It's not like plotting. Remember like, correctly. Like you're like, I definitely want to keep going, but you're also yes. not like heart rate ratcheted up the whole time. Not at all. Um, so anyway, I really liked that. And I remembered you telling me about a book and I thought it was Lisa Jewell, but I remembered the man on the beach who couldn't remember anything. Yes. And that's all I could put together. So yes, anyway. good memory. Thank you. Um, okay. So that's all. I've got a couple books I'm reading right now, so I'm not ready to discuss them yet, but okay, I well, like them. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about those the next time you're on. <laughs> In six months. Yeah. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So should we discuss TV? Should we move to TV? Yes, because I know that one of our favorite things is going to be the same. So go on. Okay. Is it going to be... Oh, it's going to be uh, The Prince. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, should we pause and just watch episodes? Now? Yeah, that's all. That's actually all we're going to do is just audio recordings of The right. Prince episodes. Um, <laughs> live okay. live comment, commentate. We both fell in love in the last few weeks with... The show, this HBO Max show by Gary Janetti, who we've followed his Instagram account for a long time. And it is basically just like a satire account of the royals um, using real photos of them on his Instagram. And he announced um, that he had been picked up for a project to develop that into a TV show for HBO Max. And I was like, I don't think that that's going to translate. Right, like, right. I was just like, this is, there's no need for that. Right. But oh, how wrong I was. <laughs> it is so good. Um, if you haven't followed him on Instagram, he primarily like snarkily, he speaks as if he is Prince George. Prince and George, yes. He is so funny. Like, and, it's and so dry and so snarky. And he's, yes. he is the husband of Brad Goreski. If you grew up watching the Rachel Zoe Project, as did I, you are more familiar with his husband, Brad. Um, they are very funny together on Instagram. It's just, they're delightful. Um, it is an animated show. And I was like, how am I going to be into a cartoon? Yes. Yes. <laughs> just, all of that. All of Trust that, yes. me. And, and they are so short. They're painfully short episodes. Yeah, they're like, like 13 minutes, 13 each. minutes. And I want more. <laughs> I want and more let content. Me say, the genius of being able to pack what they do into 13 minutes of a show. Yes. Is like, I had been listening fairly regularly to the office ladies podcast. Um, where they talk about each Office episode, and then it got a little uh, off for me. So I stopped listening to it. But one of my big takeaways was them talking about how hard it is to get something down to 22 minutes for comedy 
and they were always left with like 40 minutes or 37 minutes, but it's so hard to break down these background jokes and things like that. So to think about them getting it down to 12 or 13 minutes and what they put in is so... I mean, every single line has to count and it does. Like totally every character counts. Yes. It is just, it is, if you like the Royals, if you don't like the Royals, it is a, the show is just so funny. Yeah. I don't really care about the Royals. Um, And I think this show is hysterical. I did see some people saying online like, oh, I think it's too far to like, like include the children, but they don't you can't what that you can't even consider what they do no, including the children not, like they're not. not it is pure fiction because you know the children are probably the least attacked in the entire thing like he's built their personas but like they don't look like caricatures of themselves they look like regular right. people like right. you yes. know everyone every adult looks like some like sideshow caricature of themselves right. in a way that's like mean but the kids are kind of left alone and they just each have these personas that you're like that's actually probably true right, right. there's nothing there's nothing about them that's like ugh. yeah i mean there's you know not. it's mainly from prince george and of course he is like an entitled prince but i yes. honestly think like for for having like a few 12 minute episodes like they do really good at character development <laughs> like, they do so like, much their development of owen um, yes, it's yes. just endearing like there's one episode that's kind of like a musical episode and david and i were like oh, this is this is so touching like it really is really it's, it's so good and um anyway it is just such a good like nothing show as in you know you don't really have to dedicate a lot of time yes you can just kind of put it on you can also just put it on a rewatch like it's a re- it's got that rewatchability yeah, factor we already can't wait to rewatch it and we were trying to um like ration it for ourselves yeah, so we uh, would watch an episode or two of something else and then we would watch one of the prince right what they're only like eight episodes yeah there's, episodes. there's like eight or i think there's eight i think it's only eight yeah and so we need to spread it out but we can't wait to rewatch it no yeah it's so good and um it i mean i guess it's it's one of those two that's like it's such satire but some of it you're like some of that's probably true it's, i believe it <laughs> i actually believe all of some, it some of it's probably completely true but um so yeah that's it's just fun it's a fun like nothing show so agreed um, and I like that the, they got some pretty big names to be involved and they got a lot of the real people to like um, cameo like Kelly Ripa and a lot of the which 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 kinds of, of Real the, Housewives of Beverly Hills yes, are on yes, it yes. like the entire cast. Yes, they feature heavily in a storyline and um, uh, Sophie Orlando, Turner, Sophie Turner, Orlando Bloom is in it. Yeah. Dan uh, Stevens from Dan Stevens, and then the guy who played in Game of Thrones, his name is Ewan Rion. Or oh, Rion. Okay. He played uh, Ramsey Bolton, the awful guy. And oh, yeah, yeah. Um, he, Alan Cumming is Alan Cumming. Um, and then the woman, I can't remember her name, but she, the woman who plays the queen is the one who played the French teacher in Harry Potter and the. Uh, oh, Goblet I didn't realize that. Yeah. I didn't know um, that. The French, the teacher from the French Academy or the yes, Beau right. Baton. Yeah. So. Anyway, Laura Delacour's. Um, yes, yes, thank you. I can't remember her name or her character's name right now, but so it's it's just a fun it's a fun one. Yeah, and I we all it. could use a little more fun these um, days. What else have you been watching? Um, okay, so I just watched The White Lotus. 
Okay. Yes, we are almost finished. Okay. You're just almost finished. Um, I am so into it. I had no idea what to expect. And I actually didn't really even know much about it, except I I happened to see a BuzzFeed thing that was like, uh, so-and-so, the actor, talks about that scene. And I'm like, well, I'm definitely watching it now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And that one's another one. It's like six episodes, I think, because it takes place throughout one vacation week and it's mm-hmm. just kind of chronicles um the lives of the staff at this vacation resort and like the people who are like the vips at the resort and i yes. love it like it was it's such good commentary um it's got like a lot of humor and the casting is fantastic we have phenomenal I think we finished episode four or five last night. I can't remember. We ended, I'm pretty sure, having not seen that BuzzFeed article on that scene. Right. Um, I assume I can only assume that what we watched last night was that scene. I can't imagine yes. anything else. But and I think that was episode four. Okay. So we just finished that one last night. Um, it is a very HBO show. Like yes. David uh, had sent me, have you ever seen, I can't remember if it's on SNL or if it was somewhere else that it's a video called It's Not Porn, It's HBO. That no. It's, so so funny that it's like oh sweetie no it's not porn it's hbo and people are like oh oh okay because there is just (laughs) what is allowed on hbo is just ridiculous and um hysterical to me it is a very rated r show but there is a lot of drug content there's a lot of drug content (laughs) um but the cast i have always since that thing you do you know the movie that thing you do yes been in love with Steve Zahn. Oh, I didn't know he was in that. Oh I mean, my gosh, so he was my favorite. He was my favorite in that thing you do. I was thrilled to see him cast in this. He's so good in it. He's Connie re- Britton yeah. is great. Jennifer Coolidge deserves a Lifetime Achievement Award. hundred percent. It's all so great. It is. And then, like, I just, I mean, I would love to. I cannot wait to talk about it once you finish it because it's one that you really need to watch the whole thing and then discuss. Ugh, like, dang it. and it's so. Um, I don't know, like the way that they use music as like a character. Like, oh, yes, we have already talked about like the music that they use and even like their cinematography, like episode four, you know, last night, everyone is having their own dinners and they keep cutting between their dinner conversations. Yeah. Yeah. And like the, you see the Hawaiian dancers like cut in like real chaotically. It's like, yes. it just builds, you know, who is fantastic in that and so far, four episodes in. He was in the office in the later seasons. He's he played Lacey. Yes. Okay. He played Plop in the office. And yes. I kind of thought like, oh, we'll never really see him again. Yeah. He is so believable. At, he like, really he is. He plays his character so well. But I'm like, I hope that he goes on to do so many things because he is right. so good in it. Because he's played kind of like a Jim, a Jim Halpert character. Yeah, like a in guy the past. next door kind yeah. of whatever. And he plays such, he does not play that at all. He plays such a like jackass. Like it's just so, like right from the beginning, like from yes. the first line, that's him. Oh my God. And Molly Shannon. Oh um, my gosh. I, she playing a rich, like spoiled woman is perfection because her, I just didn't, I didn't expect it. I was so, when I saw that she was like in the trailer, I was so excited to get to the episode that she would finally like at each episode i'm like is she in this one i don't know why i was just like she's gonna be so good in this role yeah <laughs> i was yeah, so I, excited I didn't to see her she was in it until she I, again like you i did little research about it yes. instagram just told me that i had to watch it 
Yeah. And so I did. Um, I told David, like, hey, here's a new thing, because we had finished Kim's Convenience. We have we just finished um my coworker Catherine recommended to me on Hulu a docuseries called um shoot, now I can't remember. Dancing with the Devil. Hmm. That sounds familiar. It's on Hulu and it's takes place in Winston-Salem and it's a true crime situation about like the Satanist and whatever. It's dark. It's dark, but it is very, very good. And the way that the docuseries is built is fantastic where it's telling the story of this guy and everything he did, but it's really telling the stories of everyone that they're interviewing and you get super invested in those people and sort of the fallout of this. I think it's called Dancing with the Devil. I'm going to have to look in just a second. But um, anyway, we needed something when we finished that and I was like, well, I keep hearing about White Lotus and I'm so glad that we we are watching it. But I had yeah. no I had no background information other than Same. Jennifer Coolidge being in it. Yeah, and um it's all almost like through like this yellowy screen, like you know, a filter that yeah, they put like over the camera. Yeah. Yes, yes. And I I just think it does so well. Like every excuse me, every interaction from cast member to i mean from like from the vips to each other from them to the um to the hotel staff like every and you kind of think you know everything that's going on and then some some stuff you can kind of get to some stuff is a just a big surprise like they're like pretty big twists yeah Um, in the last two episodes um yeah and i also think that like there's there's interesting social commentary on every single level like between mm-hmm. the people there the between the people who like between like the native hawaiians um and the guests and between the native hawaiians and the hotel worker like it is right. all very multi like it's very multi-layered so that has been so good i cannot wait to discuss the end okay. like it just makes you think for a while um well i already am obsessed with armand and his yes. storyline four episodes in and the way they've shown like his off the wagon it's just right. it's so good i hope right. that's not a spoiler that might have been a spoiler but anyway it's great it seems like um something they set up from the very beginning um yeah, so true. uh but anyway so yeah super into that one and again that one is it's a it's six i think it's six episodes because six episodes. yeah yeah because it the way and i like the way that each episode is a day of this vacation this week-long resort vacation mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. like sun up to sundown is one episode so anyway check that out if you haven't and i just started i think i'm pretty late to this game but i just started Lupin last night on netflix oh, okay. um it is so good i had no idea what it was about i thought it was about like a detective but i was totally well i was i was pretty far off it's about it's it's just like very twisty and about like kind of it's just one of those that you don't you go in thinking it's one thing and that it's something different and that's like my favorite. So okay, well we have been watching in real time, which we don't typically do, um, Nine Perfect Strangers on Hulu. Oh, I'm uh, waiting. I'm waiting to binge that one. Yeah, do because I have been spoiled by binging because new episodes drop every Wednesday and it's just uh, one at a time, like real TV. And right. we're like, is it is it Wednesday yet? Right. Um, and it is by everyone who did the undoing and uh big little lies and i've read the book so obviously i know what happens here's my one complaint and i'll tell you this on the front end okay one casting is great melissa mccarthy excellent casting and she's not 
a like a, her bridesmaids self and yeah. i really like when comedians like a molly shannon are able to pull back and like right, right, right. Just act and so she's fantastic in it Nicole Kidman for me ends up being a wild card in everything she's in because she's very Nicole Kidman-y. Yeah. And she, her character, Masha, who runs the wellness resort that the whole thing takes place in, is Eastern European. And the choice of Nicole Kidman's accent as an Eastern European woman in this is tricky for me to watch because it is, it is very hard to not see Nicole Kidman doing this accent. I um, read somewhere, and you might have read this too, that she evidently like stayed in character in all of the whole time film. Like she like stayed in character to the other cast members. No, I didn't see that. I that's what I read, and I'm like, that is such a like lifelong. Like she's been in the business for a thousand years, oh and is better than all these other people. Yes, it's something and, that like throws me off. <laughs> yes, exactly. She, I guess she was like, yeah, well, like we all, I met them on the same day that like we just started filming, so I was already in character, so I just never like oh left character, and I'm like. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> that's a that's a lot for me to digest thinking about that because I she I I almost she's almost the weakest link for me because she is so Nicole Kidman in character. Right. And maybe I'm the only one who feels that way, but I would love feedback if you have been watching it as well. I'm gonna definitely check that one out. Um the second season of Ted Lasso is also airing in real time. Ugh, we which, <laughs> which we are is, waiting because yes, we love it's it so much. Painful to wait through. This season is even better than the first. I'm That's absolutely what I hear loving and I it. Cannot possibly imagine that. Yeah, but I keep you're gonna love that. it. And um I just started Reservation Dogs on Hulu, which is totally that's and it's another one that's airing real time um and it's just totally different than anything else i think it's about these indigenous kids that live on a reservation and kind of just like what they get up to what their goals are what their life is like and it's funny and also like dark and deep it, like it's it's a good one and it's like a half hour too so okay. check that one out for something completely different all right that's good to know we don't uh, really take Taika waititi produces it too so oh okay we um are going to watch clickbait next on netflix it's um one that i have recently heard about that is very bingeable i know very little about it and that's how i'm going to enter into it but good call i don't know that i know anything about it at all either yes that one and there's one other that i'm not thinking of that i thought we would watch after that but i can't remember so anyway i will update you are next to my annual favorite things yes okay yes definitely <laughs> because <laughs> right um that sounds that's I, I do like going into things with like no idea like that was really fun with white lotus like not having yes, hardly any I liked idea that too because this is a difference in nine perfect strangers is david really likes it and he's asking me questions and i don't want to spoil it for him because like the fun is watching it unfold but it's just yeah. different knowing how it's going to unfold because mm-hmm. it's like oh well it's great seeing it on screen, but I also know. And so I like right. having literally zero clue about White Lotus. So that's how yeah. that's our new take. <laughs> yeah, we're going to do things. Perfect. Love that. Um, okay. Here's a here's a pop culture story that came across my desk um, about an hour ago that is now my favorite thing I've read this week. Okay. Would you like to know about it? Yes. Okay. You know that I have feelings uh, with a capital F about Kourtney Kardashian and Travis Barker. Yep. And their PDA world tour. Um, so have, did you see this headline this morning that <clears throat> Scott Disick apparently 
<laughs> DM'd Courtney's other ex-boyfriend, Eunice, Eunice. A, picture, a picture of Courtney and Travis making out on their vacation in Italy and like bash Courtney. Hang on. I have to read the exact. I have not seen this, but I'm into it. Okay. Yes. You will be super into it, especially because it's like such a, um, <laughs> it's such a Scott Disick move in, in, in what he says to Eunice, um, which to our knowledge, like. They don't have a relationship, Scott and Eunice. Right. Um, so he sends this picture. Oh, hang on. I've got to bring it up. Uh, and says, yo, is this chick okay? All these question marks. Bro, like what is this in the middle of Italy? So that's what Scott sends to Eunice. Okay. And Eunice replies, doesn't matter to me as long as she's happy. P.S. I ain't your bro. Then screenshots Eunice says, it. Eunice says this. Yes, so then okay. Eunice screenshots it and puts it on his own Insta stories, <laughs> putting <laughs> Scott Disick on blast. Love that. Love and that for it him. Is, I don't know what's going to happen next. We're going to all wait and see, but I am deeply into the layers of this game at this point because how many of us have DM trash to a friend that we thought would like be on board and then they're kind of not and you're like oh I hate that I did this now oh, I know you and I do that all the time where we send something we're like Ugh, and the other one's like well I don't know it's I, mean, like, I don't know like I could I see know, it right right and we're like well that was a nothing, swing and a miss nothing brings me down more than somebody not agreeing with like my hot take on something exactly. <laughs> yes exactly and it's like well, oh. we're fighting for a full 24 hours. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now I will silence you on Instagram and send you nothing. Like right. I, my, my least favorite thing is when somebody has not gotten on board my hot take and then I see something else that I want to send them, but on principle, I won't. Because I'm right. like, right. well, they'll just miss this content. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> you have no idea how many things I haven't sent Punishment. You. <laughs> I, believe, exactly. I believe you that that happened. Um, I... um. Uh, I don't know. I just yes, more of this, more of this. The world is burning, literally and figuratively, <laughs> yeah. and we we need more of Scott Disick DMing random ex boyfriends of his <laughs> of his ex girlfriend and baby I just think mother. It's like the pettiest thing to be like, "P.S. I ain't your bro." Of like, I don't know that he you know was because see, like... here's the thing. Like, yeah, first of all, like it's just a phrase, okay. Second of all, like just don't. <laughs> right. What a douchebag move to be like, "I ain't your bro." Second of all, I mean, Scott's basically just doing what the rest of us are doing, which is like. <laughs> can you guys believe this like that's all and he's probably just I, I don't know i just think that's hilarious like it's not out of left field to, to me to be like whoa can you believe this like because yeah, obviously she wasn't like that with him that. and eunice right right like cause she was notoriously like not affectionate with scott like all over the show it's like a theme that she's not affectionate right. and so but you know like when your parents do something so you want to share it with your siblings because they have yes. like firsthand knowledge so you're like oh you know who will totally get this Eunice and then Eunice is like I don't I just want her to be happy pretending to be a bigger person which no you're not Eunice you're you're not not. and also you would not share that if you didn't also want attention you know what I mean like the only (laughs) that's exactly why because I'm like if you were truly the bigger person you would not have shared it but you so saw the move wanted to make yourself look good and then right. he's been like, hanging out with the Kardashians <laughs> a little bit too long. Like he knows how they operate. He knows how exactly. to get some, to get some attention. So honestly, and, you know, the thing yep, is, like, the as, we, them. <laughs> as, 
as we know from our friends at SMG, like the Jenners will protect their own. And for good, bad and ugly, Scott is their own. So like, yeah. do you know who's going to come out on bottom of this? Eunice. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, pick Eunice, your battles, my you friend. have zero blood ties. You're going down. <laughs> exactly. Chris Humphreys. We never hear about That's Chris exactly Humphreys. Right. We rarely, exactly. rarely hear from Lamar Odom. Like if you don't have blood in the family. Right you're probably like done <laughs> um huge left turn but something that i forgot to say that i really liked um and i don't think that you did and that's okay okay um sure sure I been- <laughs> after our latest conversation about not liking the same thing i ain't your bro <laughs> I'm not your bro. Um, I have, I have been loving the podcast, The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill, following Mark Driscoll, Mega Pastor. Um, right. And I can't, I feel like maybe I've talked about it on here before, you but I couldn't it. Maybe you did. Yeah. I have not listened yet, so I don't have an opinion. But our, our listener, Rachel, posted uh-huh. it on her Insta stories, and that's how I knew about it. Um, we she has great about recommendations. She has excellent recommendations. And actually, when I finished Big Summer by Jennifer Weiner, I just had a feeling that she had reviewed it and like went searching for her review on Instagram because I like to see if we agree on books or not. Because sometimes yeah. we do and sometimes we don't. But I always value her opinion on them. Um, right. So she posted that she was listening to this. I had heard him speak more than once just because I was in that like mega church. Yeah, circuit for a bit. Um, and we had one of his books. I had downloaded his podcast. Like I, I really liked him as a speaker, though knew that there was probably some things that I didn't quite align with. But so I followed the downfall of his church, Mars Hill in Seattle. Um, and this is a very well produced story of what happened there. And I, I, this is why I can't remember if I've said it on the podcast or not. It is produced by Christianity Today, which I appreciate because the podcast itself is not um, a scathing review of Christianity as a whole. And I would have had a really hard time listening to it if it were that. But Mm -hmm. it's more like within this faith community, how have we allowed these things to go on so long and how do we stop perpetuating this culture of toxic masculinity and like masculine abuse basically right i felt like was so necessary um especially when i feel like right now the church is so politicized in a troubling way it was nice to have that outside like narration of it but it is excellent i'm very glad to hear that it's like an inside look on inside because like you know it just feels like very much like if you say one critical thing of any evangelical, it's very much like offensive to every single evangelical ever. Right. And I think there are some things that like when you do that too, it misses the true constructive nature of what, of the progress that needs to happen. Because one of the things that that it outlines is Mark Driscoll is not the first to have lost his church for very troubling things like this. And most of the names that are listed all spoke at our church at one point, or I've helped produce something that they were in. And so it feels very personal, but it's also like, no, you, I can look at any church environment that I've been in and see all of these things are allowed on some level, maybe not to this degree. So how do we move forward in a way that isn't just like rah, 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 we'll allow anything. Um, And like, you know, we both liked the podcast In God We Lust. 
where it talks about the Falwell (laughs) scandal, which I loved that from like an entertainment perspective because it was just like, you you had that coming really but yeah. this is more of a like yeah you had it coming but really let's see why it was allowed and enabled for so long um and right. i felt like that was really helpful <clears throat> yeah yeah that's very it seems more um for like introspective purposes than the Falwell one. Yes, for sure. For sure. I felt that way. Um, and I, I still felt like the Falwell one was very fair. Like it, I felt like it was, yeah. it was not remotely like anti-Christianity. No, I didn't think so either. But I think anybody could listen to that from like a, from an outside perspective and feel like, well, this is ridiculous that this happened. And I think if you listen to the Mark Driscoll one, it is so blatant of like, how was this allowed for so long that if you already are skeptical of the church, it would, uh, it would confirm all your biases. Right. Um, and which is just tricky, I think sometimes. Yeah, totally. So anyway, I couldn't remember if you'd listened to it. I thought that you had and couldn't get into it, but I've, maybe you I've, didn't. I think um, that like the sanatorium, which I was telling you, I just got back into the audiobook of something. Oh, yeah. It's like a weird season of yes. like what you are in the mood for i definitely want to listen to that at some point i did i think i did try and i was just like not obsessed maybe yeah. because i was expecting it to be a bit more like um, it's pretty dry right i think i was expecting more of like the flashy of uh the fallwell one in god we lust yes um but i that just like stories like that in in this like modern history of how things actually went down i'm also i'm just very into well i after listening to like the second episode i googled like what is mark driscoll doing now because it's no surprise that he's lost his church and that's like what the start of the podcast is um and he's started another church and has found himself in equally hot water there and it is like how do we how do we continue to allow these things to happen um right men are gonna men (laughs) men are gonna men and Driscoll is going to Driscoll, I guess. But um, anyway, it's it's a very good one. And sorry, I meant to bring that up earlier. Yeah. Well, good. Uh, I'm definitely going to add that. And I am just to give equal respect. am listening to Sanatorium, which you have recommended. And I did not like before, but I am super into it now. So did you hear that, Listener Mallory? Listener Mallory, who also became co-host Mallory for a week. I hope that you heard that. And she she was gave so much deference to you which you haven't even heard because you haven't listened to the episode and here you are like saying you didn't like her recommendation and the funny thing is i know that and i meant to listen to the episode because she tagged me on instagram <laughs> but i thought i've got to listen and i just have i uh-huh. haven't i haven't yet uh-huh. i do have plans too i do have sure. plans. i'm sure you do i'm sure um, you do but that that was another one that the audiobook is very good it's um like a british girl woman and oh, that's good the book takes place in like switzerland right Yes. So I'm like, this is appropriate. You're giving the right accents to things. That's good. <laughs> like, it's not like if I was reading, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> no, I, no one wants to hear me reading about British and French characters. I wish someone would hire me to do British and French accents for things because they would all sound the exact same. And if you... And just the same <laughs> accent right now. <laughs> yeah, there's a character on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills named Dorit, who's like yeah. kind of a Hilaria... Ilaria Baldwin, who's like from Connecticut, but has this bizarre mashup European accent that you're Hilarious. like, where does, where is that? That is me doing any accent. So. <laughs> okay. Well, you know what? Anyone, if you're listening, hook this up. I want to hear. <laughs> if you need some real voice talent, I'm right. your girl. Right. Exactly. So. Great. 
Well, awesome. Thanks for joining me this time. Yeah, great collab. Great collab. Yeah, really. High five. Good. Okay. Well, <laughs> Hannah, if somebody wants to follow you, where where can they find you? Um, po- best of luck to you. I'm never <laughs> on anything, but That's usually, true. usually Hannah Pramaratna on Instagram. Perfect. So. You have to figure out how to spell it yourself because yeah. she's not going to do it for you. But I am not. You can find me at a good idea <laughs> pod on Instagram or at Caroline Airy, where I'm just sharing pictures of my kids and the food we eat. Yeah. So. And the funny things they say, too, because they're hilarious. They are pretty funny. All right. Yeah. Well, happy back to school time, everyone. Yes. We will, Blessings to all of you. <laughs> I will be back here at some point with someone and Hannah will be around. <laughs> I will see you when there is snow on the ground, possibly when I'm when I'm allowed to discuss what I'm into lately. When you're deep in your seasonal effectiveness disorder. <laughs> that's that's what this yeah. is what you'll you'll dangle another convo like this as a carrot to It'll keep me going. your Camilla sugar cube. Yeah. <laughs> yes, no context needed. Okay. <laughs> okay. We'll see you sometime. Bye. Sometime.